Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Welcome back, friends. You are here for episode 97 and a half. It is our Friday faith follow-up as we are going to continue looking at how do we handle these really hard emotions that are a really normal part of motherhood because something special about our kids, there's a lot of special things, but one of them is just how talented they are at sometimes pushing our buttons. And um, we have talked a lot over the past, you know, 97 episodes on the podcast. We've talked a lot about what a blessing the ministry of motherhood is and, um, and, and how God ministers to us during that because it is hard work. And so I want today to look at a few verses in God's word in the Bible to help us explore a little bit about how God expects us to manage these hard emotions, this impatience and frustration and anger when it's feeling really overwhelming. I don't know about you, but when I find myself frustrated with my kids, that tends to be one of the most overwhelming types of frustration or anger for me. Um, Now, I'm sure everyone is different on that. But for me, I think it's because I'm very aware of what a blessing these children are. And I have very high goals and expectations of how I want to love them and care for them and treat them and teach them. And so when I find myself feeling really frustrated, feeling angry, knowing that I'm probably not handling that as well as I should, um, I find that really overwhelming. And that does not help my reaction in the moment if I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so these are a few verses. Um, They are definitely not the only part of scripture that speaks to anger. That is a topic God comments on quite frequently throughout the Old and New Testament. And actually just a little bit earlier than what we're going to look at today In Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 29 to 32, but just a few verses before that in verse 26, we are reminded here, it says, in your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And um, it's important that we always remember that the feeling of anger itself is not a sin. There are many times in the Old and New Testament when God feels angry. The thing is, his anger is always righteous and our anger rarely is, especially I think if it's aimed toward our children. If they are doing something that is pushing our buttons and we're feeling frustrated and angry, uh, there's a little bit less of a likelihood, I think, that it's going to be the righteous anger like God felt when he was responding to sin or when Jesus entered the temple and saw how the people had made it a den of robbers, as he calls it. And then he's flipping over the tables. You know, that is a very holy anger. When I get frustrated that my kids are coloring on the walls, um, that's not exactly the same type of holy anger. So I don't want us to think that it's the emotion that's the problem. 
It's the heart behind the emotion that is the problem and where we need to seek God's wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit to change that heart behind the feeling. So that's why today we're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. Um, There are, again, plenty of other scriptures about anger, but this is one in particular that has been meaningful to me over the years, even before I had kids. Um, So I'm going to read it for us, and then we'll just comment a little bit on the wisdom we can get from God, specifically about handling these emotions with our kiddos. Um, And I don't mean kiddos like they have to be little. (laughs) These are helpful verses, whether you're dealing with toddlers or teens or beyond. Um, They all have a special way of pushing our buttons. We have interactions with them that can just drive us crazy. And yet we, we love them dearly. We want to treat them well, even when we are angry or upset. And we want to obey and honor and glorify the Lord in every interaction with our kids, no matter how old they are. So starting in verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So if we start at the beginning there, in verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Well, how does that connect with these feelings of anger and frustration? I'm sure you already know. Those are the emotions that are most likely to lead us to unwholesome talk. And so we see here this this clarity from the Lord. It does not matter how we are feeling. That is never an excuse to say hurtful things. We need to bite our tongue. And sometimes, my friend, we might need to do that literally. Let's be honest. Um, We need to be real about the fact that our emotions tend to color our perspective in the moment. Um, You have probably had that experience where you say something in the heat of the moment and then later you're looking back and thinking, ooh, that's not, that's not what I wish I had said. Maybe the sentiment is correct or, you know, you did need to say something about the topic, but the way that you said it, the tone of voice, the words that you chose, they don't reflect a kind and compassionate and godly um, way of speaking. And so no matter how we're feeling, we Do not want to let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. The best way that I have found to stop that type of talk for myself is to bite my tongue and to try out a few of the quick tips that we talked about in episode 97, Um, specifically here to pause, to uh, bite my tongue and pause and take a few deep breaths before I respond. Now, I might still be feeling some level of frustration or some level of anger, but I'm less likely to just lash out and react because I've had that pause. So we know our words matter no matter how we are feeling. But verse 29 continues. So it says, don't let the unwholesome talk come out. But now it's going to tell us what we should be saying in all circumstances, regardless of our emotions. It says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 
Now, one of the quick action steps that we talked about in episode 97, um, I think it was actually the last one we talked about, number 10, was if we're feeling frustrated, we're feeling angry, to do something that purposefully builds someone else up, encourages someone, helps someone, makes them feel loved. And that absolutely goes in line with this call from the Lord in Ephesians 4, verse 29. We need to, no matter how we are feeling, do what we can to speak words that build others up and benefit those who listen. And I often fall into the trap where because I'm feeling frustrated or I'm starting to feel angry with my kids, I will give them directives that might be very appropriate, like get in your seat so we can eat dinner or stop coloring on the wall. (laughs) Very appropriate directives. But the way that I'm saying it, the tone of voice that I'm using is not building them up and not benefiting them. Now, I clearly need to work with them on things like we don't color on the walls. You know, they know this rule, but they're toddlers. Um, It looks different, of course, as they get older, but kids just like us, are famous for knowing the rules and breaking them and choosing to do exactly what we don't want them to do. And we do the same thing, Mama. You know it's true. How often do you speed in your car? Let's be honest. We all will bend the rules and break the rules depending on the situation. And so sometimes it's not necessarily about the actual words, again, that we're using, but the tone of voice, the way that we're saying them has a huge impact on if we are or are not building others up, building our kids up according to their needs. And it's really helpful, I think, to think specifically if you have multiple kids of different ages, their needs are going to be different. The needs of your toddler are going to be different than the needs of your teenager. Okay, if your three-year-old is coloring on the walls, you handle that one way. If your 13-year-old is coloring on the walls, you're going to handle that differently because the needs are different. If your 23-year-old is coloring on the walls, you're definitely going to handle that differently. Um, So we need to know our kids. We need to be appropriate about how we respond to them. And if you're so frustrated and so angry that you can't do that, that you can't um, speak in a way that will benefit those who are listening, then you need to pause. You need to change what is happening in your own heart before you start speaking those words. And it continues here in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, I, I, there can be a lot of theological discussion about how could we or do we grieve the Spirit of God. Um, but one takeaway here, as we think about these emotions and our relationship with our kids, we never are allowed to think that that we or our emotions or our actions, anything is beyond the scope of what God can handle, forgive, and redeem. You have been redeemed even when you're feeling frustrated and feeling angry. You might not be acting like it in that moment. You might not be living it out. That does not change the reality of what God has accomplished. You have been sealed for the day of redemption. And so when we, it's one thing, It's one thing to repent and to acknowledge I sinned in this area and confess that and repent of that and try to try to press into the Holy Spirit living through us. That is different than 
a sense of condemnation or just drowning in the guilt about what we did or how we're handling things, we can never think that we are so far gone that the Spirit of God can't work miracles in our lives. He can. And he already has because he's already redeemed you. And so we need to remember and be encouraged by the reality that the Spirit is there. The Spirit is powerful, even if we are not tapping into that in this exact moment of time. And when we deny his presence or we think or act in a way that would suggest, you know, this sin is unforgivable. Sure, Jesus died for everybody else, but me yelling at my kids is beyond the scope of the gospel. That is grievous to God. That makes him sad because it's so untrue. So stand firm, my friend, in your redemption. And if you're not living that out in the moment because you got frustrated, you got angry, you didn't handle it well, confess that to the Lord. He can handle it. And then these verses go on to um, basically give us a do and a don't list. Okay, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of these things. Now, hopefully, you are not brawling with your kid. You're not fighting with them. Hopefully, you're not slandering them and bad-mouthing them to all your friends. And hopefully, there's not malice building in your relationship. But for sure... We can struggle with some bitterness when the same issues happen again and again and again, especially as our kids get older and we realize they do have more um, intentionality in what they're doing and how they're treating us. We can struggle with bitterness. We can struggle with anger and even rage. And so to whatever degree you might struggle with something on this list, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice, Wherever you fall on that scale, God is very clear. That is not what he wants in your heart or in your relationship with your kiddo. Now we get rid of it in a thousand different ways. We talked about 10 quick little momentary steps in episode 97. Um, Obviously the Holy Spirit and his power in our lives is ultimately the way that we're going to get rid of these things. Um, And there are plenty of other anger management techniques and things like that that can help. But ultimately, this is a heart issue. To take these feelings before the Lord, confess them, and to let him work his healing, his, his growth, his sanctification in your life. And I would offer here um, the 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control is one of the resources that I've developed for Love Your People Well. And so if this is something you struggle with, anger or bitterness, things like this, frustration, that 40-day devotional might be really helpful for you. You can find it on the website at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash resources. And I'll have the link in the description for this episode as well. But God doesn't just highlight, you know, don't do this, don't be bitter, don't be angry. He goes on in verse 32 to tell us what we should do instead. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, of course, this is how we want to engage with our kids. We want to be kind to them, compassionate toward them. We want them to forgive us when we lose our cool and we want to be willing to forgive them when they are not handling things very well. All of this is more difficult when we're feeling angry. 
That is just a reality of the emotion. And so again, those those strategies we talked about in episode 97, those 10 really quick things we can do to start cooling ourselves down, that's going to help us be more kind, be more compassionate. We can refocus our thoughts toward what can I say that is kind to this person in this moment? Um, do I have any compassion? Do I, do I really understand why my kid is doing this? That can go a long way toward helping me feel and be more compassionate toward my kids. I mean, I've already used the example of my toddlers drawing on the walls. They did it just the other day. That's probably why I'm thinking about it. And it actually was the first time they've ever done it. Yes, I can be angry about that. I can remind them, you know, we talk all the time about we only color on paper. I can do all of that. But I also need to acknowledge they're two years old. It looks really fun to color on the wall. At church, in their playroom area, they have a whole wall that's like that chalkboard paint. And so they can color on the wall. So they're probably a little bit confused. And so none of that excuses my kids. It doesn't change the rules of the house. But it does help me have a little more compassion for how I respond in that moment. And then forgiveness, absolutely. We need to come back to our kids when we do lose our cool, when we get overwhelmed, and ask for forgiveness in an age-appropriate way. Of course, we don't need to have, you know, spill our guts to our kids and cross all these boundaries to tell them all the things that we're struggling with, but we do need to say, I shouldn't have yelled at you. I'm really sorry, and I hope that you can forgive me. Or we need to say, um, you know, yes, you did color on the wall, and I said I was going to take away all of your crayons and throw them in the trash, but that was an overreaction. I'm sorry for that. I'm not going to throw them away, but we are going to, you know, hold off on them for a half hour or whatever it is. We need to come back to them and ask for forgiveness. And we need to be willing to forgive our kids, even if they are not asking for our forgiveness. And again, this probably gets more important and difficult as our kids get older because they start doing things on purpose. They start intentionally lying or deceiving. Um, They start saying hurtful things, knowing that they're hurtful things. Um, My two-year-olds are not coloring on the walls to spite me, (laughs) but if they're doing it when they're 13, they might be. They might know this is really going to tick mom off. And so, hmm, I'm going to color on the walls. Actually, I think I did that as a teenager at one point. I think I did it in the closet so I wouldn't get caught right away. But I remember that line of thinking that like, this is something I'm not supposed to do and I'm angry and so I'm gonna do it. That type of situation, it's harder to forgive. Like it just, it pushes our buttons in a different way. But God does not give us an out. This verse is very clear. We forgive each other as Christ God, as in Christ, God forgave us. And he forgave everything, my friend, which means he is calling us to forgive everything. So I would really encourage you to read through these these couple of verses yourself. They might be really helpful to memorize so that when you're feeling angry, (laughs) these are the verses that you can just roll right off your tongue. But let us never think that God doesn't care about our emotions And let us never think that God excuses our behavior because of our emotions. We can fall into both of those traps, but God acknowledges our emotions and still has expectations for how we treat other people and think about things for ourselves. 
So friends, let me close us out with a word of prayer. Lord, we confess that we do sometimes let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And we confess that bitterness and anger and frustration, that these are issues we struggle with as moms. And I pray, Lord, for every woman listening, that you will give her a heart of compassion for her kids. Give her a tongue filled with kindness toward her kids. We pray, Lord, that our homes will be places of forgiveness. And we pray that our relationships with our kids will grow stronger and stronger every day. And that our ability to handle these emotions will not be led by our own strength, Lord, but by yours, by the Holy Spirit who is in us, who has redeemed us, who raised Christ from the dead. That is the power that we have in us. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to live in that, especially at these moments where we're feeling so overwhelmed by our emotions. We lay all of this at your feet, Lord, trusting your goodness and your power. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Friends, uh, make sure to head on to, over to the website to check out some of the resources that I mentioned um, or get the show notes for this episode, um, 97 and 97 and a half. <laughs> and then we will be back next week with episode 98, looking at our marriage relationship. It's some good stuff coming up, my friends. And we will also start talking about the 100th episode giveaway. I could hardly believe it, but we're almost there and we've got some good stuff for you. So you're definitely going to want to circle back in. Make sure to hit that follow button in your podcast app if you have not done that yet. And uh, that's all we've got for today. So hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.